Welcome to this week's episode of Football Neophytes. Wolves keep the full kit wanker streak alive. Leicester City down, Arsenal up. West Ham loses, but they looked really good doing it. And a Brighton disaster. And of course, Chris will fill us in on his beloved Manchester United. Kyle features Leicester and Arsenal and gives us a little bit of an update on his top eight. Gentlemen, welcome, welcome. What's up, Nate? How are you? Great. How are you guys? Doing good, doing good, bro. Guys, we're over we're over two thirds of the way through the season. It's crazy, and I, I was thinking about it before we started recording. Though I was like, "Man, I'm kind of proud of us. Like we've kind of dialed this in, and every week we're here, and you know, bringing the best content when it comes to the EPL. <laughs> uh, mediocre content at best, but from a unique perspective, right? Of neophytes guiding the blind, leading the blind. I think, like we said in maybe the first episode. Yeah, well, that's what I meant by the best EPL content, best mediocre content. Sorry, I thought everybody knew that. We're like, we're kind of like the Southampton of of EPL podcasts. We go on a good run every now and again. (laughs) We have a lay a whole bunch of eggs for a while. We're probably going to finish mid-table, but yeah. Hey, that's why we're lovable, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, um, yeah, I, it's, it's not really taking a life of its own for me, but, uh, wolves draw, which isn't that exciting, but, but it, (laughs) I, it does keep the full kit wanker, uh, (laughs) scenario going. That's, that's five in a row for wolves, uh, undefeated. Uh, I, managed to to wear the full kit it was a bit it was a bit sketchy because titus if titus won his his um his flag football match we were coming home regardless after the games and so i was gonna come home and i was gonna have to throw it on underneath my my coaching gear but titus's team lost and so i got to watch the full match did they lose or did you throw the game as the coach? Uh, uh, they lost. It was it was a bad loss. So we should not have lost this team. But uh, no, I did not. I did not throw it. I have a co. I have a co coach. <laughs> he would not have allowed it. I did not allow it. So, um, but Wolves, um, man, just regressing to the mean again. Going back to what they always do, giving up a goal first. Um, going down in a match, looking atrocious for the first 30 minutes. And I tweeted out that Wolves Wolves are great. Wolves are probably the best team in the league at making the bottom five look great. I know, I know, man, you you could make an argument as well. But like, careful there. <laughs> I mean, we should I, we should have done the research ahead of time to see who has who's who has the least amount of points versus the bottom five. I think it'll be wolves, but we both lost to West Brom, right? Or did you guys draw West Brom? We drew. Oh, we drew too, actually. We lost to Sheffield. Oh, that's right. You guys lost to Sheffield. So no, we lost to West Brom. You guys drew, we beat Sheffield, but it doesn't matter. It's atrocious. Um, Wolves play like for 30 minutes. Newcastle looked like, Oh, Man City. I mean, Wolves Wolves just looked horrible. Finally, around the 30th minute, got a little bit of action going. Nil-nil at halftime. Um, Newcastle scores early in the second half. Lachelle scores off a header. Kind of some bad set-piece play. Wolves weren't able to clear the line. Great header from Lachelle's. They score. Um and then Wolves end up scoring on a Neves header, which is kind of unheard of, like for Neves even to be in the box like that. He's rare. He's rarely in the box, but um, 
came alive a little bit. Um, Newcastle had another opportunity later on in the match. Roman size came in and made an amazing, like kind of goal line save. Um, and then, then right at the end, Fabio Silva had come on and uh, for William Jose. And I think it was Pedro Neto put a ball into the box. Uh, Fabio Silva got himself into a great position, headed it. And I mean, I don't know how, how the goal was saved, but um, it kind of took this weird bounce and off the shoulder and kind of off the bar and over and um, one, one draw. I think I saw that wolves in Newcastle have drawn like 70% of the matches that they've played against each other or something. It's some atrocious, weird number. So um, I guess we should have known it was coming, but Hey, we'll take the point. Would love to beat a team like Newcastle, but, but the true test will be tomorrow actually against city. So. Well, the thing that disappointed me about that match was that I had counted Wolves is getting those three points and Newcastle getting the zero in my calculations, my scientific precise mm. calculations on Fulham catching them and surpassing them on the final day. Uh, so that was very disappointing to see All you right. guys get Newcastle, even a point. It still was not in the mathematic equation. Well, Fulham, Fulham drew two, so they got their point. And as long as they match them points for points till the end of the season, they'll have that final match of the year to, to try and stave off relegation. Yeah, because they do have the goal differential as of now. So if, if, if they go game for game with them to that final weekend, they just need the win because the goal differential is, I think it's pretty significant. I think it's significant, yeah. It's it's six right now, so it it can not be overcome. It's not insurmountable, but yeah. So uh, it it'll be interesting. But I definitely had that this week circled as a Newcastle zero, Fulham three. You don't know Wolves well well enough. <laughs> <to get them. laughs> so uh, it was a little sad, but I'll take it because Fulham still got the draw, which you know. It could have been a partial hit on Fulham's chances, but we had Brighton losing unexpectedly, which now Brighton and is Newcastle. with Newcastle at 26 points. Both of those teams just three points ahead of Fulham. So it may have taken a hit in my formula, but maybe it didn't take a hit overall because now they've got company to catch. You guys, that Brighton game was just a disaster. It was it was a like a literal disaster. They had two missed penalties, and then they had like the craziest controversy. And I guess we'll just jump right into our term or rule of the day. But Lewis, so there's a penalty just outside of the box. Lewis Dunk steps up to take the penalty. You can see him in the replay, like leaning over and you see him talking to, to the, the ref. Um, and he said, he, and what he asks him is, can I take the kick? Can I, can I take a quick, quick kick? So they got to kind of ask about that stuff. Um, Lee Mason's the, the referee. He says, yes, Johnstone, Sam Johnstone, the goalkeeper for, for West Brom is completely out of position. So the walls like, set up in the middle johnstone's on the on the left post and the right right post is just wide open so dunk leans over to mason can i do a quick kick mason says yes blows the whistle dunk kicks it curve i mean just pretty simply curves it around the the um the wall goes in west brom equalizes or um brighton equalizes but Lee Mason blows his whistle a second time before the ball crosses the line. No goal. <laughs> and madness. And I mean, just like shithousery ensues. 
he then the guys are all complaining like what are you talking about lewis dunk saying you told me i could kick it early or you could you said i could take a quick kick um lee mason then changes his mind says it is a goal but then because it's a VAR, because it's like a goal with controversy it goes to var review var reviews it listens to it i don't know if they listened to it in slow-mo or how they did it but they listened to it and the whistle clearly is blown before the ball crosses the goal line to stop play no goal so goal no goal goal no goal i mean just just a mess um there's probably no other sport in the world where that could happen yeah yeah i I don't inadvertent whistle i mean in football in nfl football i suppose it could happen where there's an inadvertent whistle that stops a play when a guy's running for a touchdown i mean i feel like i've seen that before right you get an inadvertent yeah but like i i we've never seen something where they were like touchdown oh wait wait no sorry no touchdown and then everyone gets mad they're like okay fine touchdown and then it goes to play they're like no no you blew your whistle no touchdown oh man but i just i mean what a crazy it was just such a crazy weird weird circumstance and then you add on top of it two miss penalty two miss penalties by brighton um and even Brighton's manager at the end of the game, they were asking about the controversy and he was like, yeah, I got, you know, he was kind of talking about the controversy a little bit, but he said, you know, we had two missed penalties. So what can you do? So, right. But guys, listen, we are a podcast. We've spent the top of the show talking a little bit about wolves and then mostly about the 16, 17 and 18 teams uh, in the right. we're an equal opportunity podcast. This is why we're the Southampton. Like we are, we're a pod for the people. A okay. pod for the people. Uh, speaking of Southampton, they, they lost again today to Everton. They did. And they've been losing a lot lately. And so I, I wanted to look back at their records since their January 4th win at or not at against Liverpool, the infamous crying on the sidelines coach for the victory, (laughs) the team that was in the top of the top half of the league. They were as high as I want to say fourth and even second early in the league. Yeah. Since the crying on the sideline, they've gone loss, 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 draw, loss, loss. That's not exactly a good run. That is, I mean, that's just, it's one of the worst runs I've seen. That's, that's bad. Yeah. There are so, five, did, Chris, there are, did you have more to say about that? Sorry. No, I'm just blown away at how, like how I, cause I was looking at the standings earlier and you know, they're all the way down to 14 and they're, there's only seven points ahead of Fulham at this point, but that's a, that's a big lead. Seven points is a lot. But I was like, yeah. how did they go from second to 14th? So I just started looking. I was like, oh, you get one point out of 30 and you're gonna go from second to 14th. Yeah, that's that's horrible. Speaking of streaks, there are five without looking, I know maybe you've already checked this out, but there are five teams who are unbeaten in their last five. Man City. Two- there's two, two are obvious one because I've referenced one already, but can you guys name the other three man city is the obvious one. You guys know the oh, other, other obvious one Chelsea. wolves wolves because of Vulcan mm-hmm. anchor is a five, five game run Chelsea. Yep. Who are the other two without looking? Well, I just looked and saw one. Oh, well, cause they're my boys at Fulham. Fulham. Mm. <laughs> And Man U, Chris. Yeah. Manchester United. I thought for sure you'd know that. Well, it because it's because sometimes draws feel like losses. Totally. And yep. you just kind of forget. Yep. Um, is this a good enough time to talk about Chelsea Man U? 
Almost. I just, all I want to say is I think it's, I think it's interesting. Like you've got Fulham, Fulham five under five under five undefeated in a row. Um, and Wolves with the second best five game run out there. Wolves have three wins tied, tied with Chelsea as well, but yeah. And Chelsea's run goes a little longer actually, because they haven't lost. in I think like seven since, since Tuchel took over, uh, Chelsea, Chelsea is, is undefeated. So. Yeah. Which is, I still look at it and I'm, it's a little misleading because they're not playing that good. They're just not losing, which is kind of like the story of man United this season. Where that's, it's like, that's wolves too right now. I would right. say not only wolves ha- haven't looked good, they've looked rather horrible at times, but some, but especially in a season like this, that's what it takes. Sometimes it's just going on a, a bit of luck, a bit of fortune, a bit of good play at the right times, you know, and bad play at the wrong time or at the right times for, from your opponent. But yeah. And I, and I think the most goals they've scored since Tuchel showed up is, is two. And so it's not like they're blasting people away. They're just not losing their drawing, but their but defense, defense is man, so much better than up, it was. They've given up two goals since he's been there and one's an own goal. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty remarkable for sure. Oh, were you going to say something? Well, I was just going to talk about Chris's comment about man, you, <laughs> he said that draws count or feel like losses. I feel like that's the most man, you thing that someone could say. Well, I, part of it is because it's not like I'm like, I, I don't know what word I'm looking for. It's not like I'm saying like, Oh, we drew. We may as well have lost. It's it's that they're in second place and they're chasing a team that's not losing. In fact, they're winning every match right now. Sure. And so every draw, you feel like you just you lost two points that you maybe could have had. And yeah. so it's not like a Debbie Downer type of thing. It's a you know what's in front of you and you know to catch them, you need all those points. For sure. I'm just giving you a hard time. I don't think it's a Debbie Downer thing. I think it's more of a, you feel entitled that you should win every match type thing, but uh, I'm just giving you a hard time. No, And sometimes when you're up two one and you're, or two nil, and then a team comes back and tie and you get a draw, that feels like a loss when you've kind of been feeling like, Oh, these are three points in the bag. And then, or even like for wolves, like with Newcastle, should our wolves a better squad than newcastle yes should they beat newcastle yes and yet you get a draw and you get outplayed for a decent portion of the game you're like yeah that game kind of even like wearing like full kit wanker i'm kind of like oh i guess i keep doing that right that's how i felt after this game like yeah oh, yeah yeah keep going because the draw felt like a loss yeah that makes sense yeah, so tell us. Let's let's move. We started from the bottom. Now we're here, Chris. Now <laughs> go, uh, Man U, Chelsea. Yeah, it was. Um, unfortunately, it's it's become what I've expected out of this United squad when they play a tough opponent or a, a big six. Um, it was very few chances for both sides. It was the both both sides felt like they played it rather safe. And I think that that's kind of become Chelsea's identity in the post Lampard era right now, especially under Tuchel, where he's coming and he's fixed the defense. And I, you know, more than likely, they spend the majority of their training sessions on D and getting it fixed because that's the biggest difference between Chelsea right now. So um, they played it, both teams felt like they played it relatively safe. Chelsea had some good chances. De Gea made one great save. I saw that. Um, it was a it was a great save. It should it probably should have been a goal against a lot of other goalkeepers. It probably is a goal because De Gea going one way sticks his hand out yep. and catches the ball and he's strong enough to keep it out, comes off his hand and you know they clear it. So uh Chelsea was probably closer to scoring because of that play. Uh United just didn't attack a ton they played in their zonal a lot like they typically do with ball control but it wasn't like they had a ton of scoring chances they had a few um unfortunately their best shot came from fred who 
can't shoot. So <laughs> it, it was like, there's been a lot of chatter from United fans because Fred takes this shot with his, he's a left footed player. He takes a shot with his right foot, curls it and misses it by, you know, maybe a foot or two, which it looked like a great shot from the angle. And, you know, it goes wide. Um, he kind of does the, what you would do as a player where you throw your hands up and kind of smile and like, Oh man, I almost had it. And then it cuts to Ole on the sidelines who is basically laughing hysterically that Fred took that shot and that it even almost went in. So they're like, how bad is it when your manager is laughing at the fact that you almost scored a goal? Um, so at, at the end, you know, Chelsea did a really good job of checking Bruno, which is what I said, you know, last week or the week before is like, if you want to beat Man United or just draw them, just check Bruno. Like if, if he's not on and doing something spectacular, they're, they're a, an average team with the squad that they have right now. They're a different team when Pogba's out there because Pogba and Bruno both playing in the middle is a different, different setup to deal with. Totally. And and you can't put all that effort on to Bruno. You got to consider Pogba, right? So. Right. And so it was, it, it was kind of one of those matches where it was a zero, zero, you know, nil, nil draw, as they say across the pond. Um, the frustrating part about it is, is this season man United against the big six. They, uh, okay. They've played seven games against the big six this season. They are. Oh, two and five against the big six and i will let you guys guess in those seven games how many total goals do you think they have four yeah wow <clears throat> i don't know i'll go five how about one? Oh, no kidding what? and it was their one goal came against spurs in a 6-1 loss wow so when they look back on this season as a fan, we think about this season. Yes. We can talk all we want about the loss to Sheffield, the wow. draw to West Brom. Ultimately, those are four points that you probably should have had. Yeah. Um, but when you go 0-2 and 5 against the big six and you score one goal, that's a problem. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously that's not good. And that's where I, I don't even know where you put that blame, whether how much of it lies on – the coaching strategy and what goes into the preparation for the game and how you want to attack a squad. Um, you know, like for all that always done good and all the complaining, like, I just don't, I honestly, I just don't know where the tactics fall and who who's to blame for one goal in seven matches against the big six. That's um, a, that is a crazy stat, especially for a team that's in second place right now. And especially for a team that's leading the premier league in goals. Right. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. I'd love to see what their record has to be like almost undefeated against basically your middle of the pack teams because you've struggled yeah. against the, the bottom a little. And I will say nine goals against South, Southampton. Definitely. That boost your, yeah. Total. <laughs> um, but they were know, goal leaders before that, weren't they? I think, or they were close. Uh, it was, it was pretty close. They were up. They were top three, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess in a nutshell, if you look at this game, you would go nil-nil draw at Chelsea. That's not bad, yeah. right? But when you look at the bigger picture of the season is when the frustration starts to creep in. So if I'm just looking at this match in a vacuum in and of itself, you go, all right, cool. Hey, we took a point on the road against Chelsea. It's when you look at the bigger picture that it becomes a problem and – um, but if you, I would also say if you, if you stepped back another step though, Chris, like let's look at before the season, right? So the, you got these like different layers of looking at a, at a team, right? You've got like the match in front of you that you can judge. Then you can take a step back and look at kind of the scope of the season. But then you can take another step back and see it from like preseason. And I think, yes, of course, Manchester United played great at the end of last season, but I think if you if you knew you were in second place um, behind a basically unbeatable city team, if I told you that to start the season, I think you'd probably be pleased, right? So, oh, there's, yeah. so there's there's that level as well that you can look at again and say, yes, we had missed opportunities, but I would say United is is in some ways 
maybe they're performing to their ability, which feels like overperforming because they've underperformed for so many years in a row. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's kind of the interesting part. Um, you know, especially cause like you talked about this season kind of became a, how do you deal with injuries season and nobody, handled, yeah, nobody handled injuries as well as city did and yep. losing Pogba and the quality drop off to Fred is, has been really, really big. Um, you know, and, and I don't want to sit here and just lament the nil nil draw to, you know, Chelsea who's sitting in fifth right now. Um, the goods were, they had a clean sheet against a team that has a lot of offensive power. Um, it was their 20th straight road, not defeat in the EPL. So for an entire season, they haven't lost on the road. Yeah. Um, there are good things. Now, one thing that we haven't talked about inside of this game was the no call on on the handball on Hudson Adoy. I don't want to get into a like a huge VAR discussion because I think we've kind of already hit the fact that like nobody really knows what's a handball and what's not and what they will consider a handball. Um, in the play, cross comes in, it goes over a couple guys head or a shot comes in, blocked away by the goalie. It bounces away, goes over Mason Greenwood's shoulder. It looks like Greenwood hits it with his arm. And all the Chelsea defenders raise their hand, calling for a handball. Play continues, goes down, ball eventually goes out of bounds. VAR intercedes, does a review. They show the opposite camera angle, and it's very clear that the ball never touches Mason Greenwood's arm because it hits Hudson Odoi's hand, the top of his hand, which he has out and up above his shoulder away from his body. And so I'm watching the game and I go, oh, baby, that's a handball. There's no question. And there was indisputable video evidence that this ball lands on Hudson Odoi's hand and comes off of it. There's undisputed video evidence of this. It's in the box. So I'm going, that sucks because that's not intentional by any means, but it happened. And we've seen a lot of calls this season where intentions don't matter is what they've said. If the ball hits your hand, it's a penalty. And then I'm listening to the commentators go, I just don't think that you can give them a penalty for that. And then another commentator is like, yeah, it'd be really harsh. And I was like, what kind of comments, like what kind of a comment is it? it I, I do harsh? think there is a misunderstanding. I do think you have a misunderstanding on the handball rule, which, which, I is- think we, which I think we all do. I think this is what's complex. Like, and we're obviously the least educated probably <laughs> to be discussing this. But as far as I understand it, there is a sense in which if the ball is like, because this happened in a Wolves match right in front of the goal. And I, gosh, I can't remember what match it was for the life of me, but the ball comes down and lands on whoever Wolves were playing their hand. But because it's like a non like football play, like there's no, it wasn't like there was a shot that hit a hand. The ball was just falling straight down. They didn't give the handball. So I'm wondering if that's similar to this situation, Chris, and even like what the commentators are saying, like, oh, that's probably not a handball. And then the other commentators like, yeah, it'd be a bit harsh. Like, yes, it could be given a handball technically, but within the rules, there seems to be some leeway of, is it on, is it a shot? Is it a, is it a, is it a ball that is making some sort of like play, but this is like falling down. Right. So I don't know if that's true, but that's kind of how I've seen it play out in some other matches. So that's all well and good. And I, and I look VAR reviews it. They make their decision. You just have to live by it, which is fine. Yeah. Here is where things got crazy is after the match, Luke Shaw's being interviewed by sky sport and they ask him about the play. And he says, he says, I don't know what happened because the ref told Harry Maguire it was a penalty, but if he called it a penalty, everyone would be upset after the match and he would have to deal with it. And so basically inferring, I'm not giving this a penalty because I don't want to deal with the backlash that will come for handing this penalty out. So Luke Shaw says that in a post-match interview, right? And it kind of, it sounds like whatever. And then there was a whole thing and all this other stuff and Harry Maguire doesn't, doesn't really confirm it. doesn't necessarily deny it. Um, 
United comes out that night and says, well, we think maybe Luke Shaw misheard the referee telling Harry that. And the thought process there was that they're trying to protect Luke Shaw from getting fines because you can't speak out against the rest publicly. Or if you do, you better be right because the FA is going to fine you and possibly suspend you. Yeah. So the FA pulls the videotapes and the audio tapes and reviews it. And announced this morning that Luke Shaw and Ole will not see a fine or a suspension for any other comments. They didn't go any further than that. And now everyone's going. Yeah, this is the shambles of refereeing and the state of refereeing. So VAR has kind of screwed it up on one sense in that referees are referees, linesmen are afraid to make calls because they don't want to be wrong so linesmen are the worst like linesmen like don't almost raise their flags anymore i'm shocked now when i see a flag go up yeah oh that must have been a blatant offside because when it's close now they just let it go to var like well if he scores here it'll go to var and we'll let them decide where the lines should be drawn um so i think that's that's been a part of the screw up is now referees are second guessing themselves because they don't want to be wrong or they don't want to be overturned or whatever but but there's no recourse same with this lee mason error with the double whistle like there's no recourse for the referees they don't have in they don't have to answer they don't have to go in front of the press and answer questions there's no public review so then there's just animosity and built up frustration and then next week maybe tomorrow lee mason or whoever it is is refereeing wolves city and fans are pissed and wondering what's going on. And so, no, yeah. it's, it's a mess right now. And so that's where things got a little crazy from this match. It took on a life yep. zone after the match. And, I mean, again, we're talking about an FA that suspended Cavani and fined him, you know, suspended him three games and fined him $500,000 for calling someone a term of endearment in his own home language who's going, yeah, we're not finding them. You know, so what do you, where do you think the truth lies in all this? Yeah. Um, you know, it's almost like the refs have qualified immunity, like, <laughs> like yeah. United States police officers do like, go ahead, do whatever you want. And there's, yeah, we're not going to hold you responsible. Yeah. There's, there's a similarity. So, so yeah, so that was Man U's uh, weekend. It was, again, it, a draw felt a little like a loss just because we know we need every point we can get if we have any hopes of making it some kind of a race. Um, but you take the one point on the road against Chelsea and, and you sure. got to be, you know, slightly satisfied in that. You just, and a Chelsea team that's playing the best well, they probably played all season. So yeah, for sure. But speaking of the best West Ham, they're so good. <laughs> no, they lost to city, but they looked really good doing it. I mean, West Ham, had a real close chance at an equalizer right at the end. Um, Our boy Antonio scored, scored a goal to equalize earlier in the match. I mean, this is a team I picked to get relegated. Um, They obviously made great moves with Jesse Lingard in the, in the transfer window, as we've talked about previously, probably the, the best move of the, of the January window. Um, and their team, their team has just played solid all season. So I keep waiting to see them drop off a little bit, but um, but they look good. City's unstoppable, and I don't know if there's anything else that needs to be said about them. Yeah, they look good. Um, I'm kind of with you. I, the the you know two through seven are pretty bunched up still. And so a good weekend for one club, a bad weekend for another shifts the landscape of that top five. Um, well, and it's even tighter than it looks because seven, eight, and nine all have games in hand. So, right. you know, Everton, Everton could, if they won two, uh, they're two in hand, they could be fourth and Villa could be tied for fifth. Tottenham could be up, you know, like, it bunches up even tighter once those games are played. So two through like the Europa champions league, that's where the race is going to be exciting over these last, you know, 12 or so match weeks. Yeah, for sure. And I have, we all agreed cities 
running away with this like yeah yeah i think we were i think we agreed with that kyle you on board i'm on board okay um we're gonna get to kyle's match leicester city arsenal um kyle these are two teams who are who are in your <laughs> final eight so uh tell us a little bit about this match yeah, I was watching this one with both eyes wide open, trying to figure out which of these teams was going to rise to the top of my rankings or rise up the rankings. Um, but what was interesting about this game, honestly, was it was for the maybe one of the first times all season, it really dawned on me how much of a game <clears throat> of inches soccer is. Um, there were so many plays in this game and shots in this game that came down to, man, just inches that could have turned the game. So six minutes in, Lester uh, comes down the pitch and hits a shot across the goal that just went beyond the, the goalie's arms and, and it was an angle it's one of those angles where you just don't even really understand how they got it past the goalie um but again just by inches right to take the lead in this just early on in the game six minute mark and then from there they had two more opportunities early on to really probably put the match away um both on rebounds or or rebounds, if you will, turn loosely. One was a goalie mishandled the, the ball and ha handled, handed it basically right to Vardy. And Vardy wasn't expecting to get the ball kicked to him like that and just kind of um, kicked it just beyond where he could chase it down and the goalie was able to retrieve it. So the goalie mishandled it, kicked it right to Vardy and Vardy basically kicked it right back but a couple inches shy of that, and he would have had a completely open goal. Um, and then just a few minutes later, Lester came down again, hit a screamer from outside the box, another rebound, and again just went beyond the foot of the, the Lester player to knock it in on a completely wide-open goal again. So at that point, they're still up one nothing, but they were just literally inches away from, from putting the game away. Um, and then shortly after that, it just was all Arsenal from that point on. Um, they, they scored their first goal on a set piece uh, that they hit for a cross inside the box, a nice header by David Luiz. Um, and, and it was just downhill from there. They scored on a penalty um, on a handball. Again, talk about handballs and a little bit of controversy. Man, I felt so bad for the Leicester defender. He literally was kicking his leg over his head to try and uh, to try and kick the ball and not hand the ball and missed it, but somehow nicked his hand. Um, and they, they ended up getting a penalty on that. So just a little bit of bad luck, but really all Arsenal from that point on, they went on to win three, one. Um, but it was just interesting how close of a game it came down to just a few inches here or there. And it would have been a completely different match. And Aubameyang only played like the final Dude. Like, 10 minutes, huh? So you. Oh my goodness. Don't even get me started. I swear these, these clubs they must, they all must listen to our podcast and just, and just basically whatever they, they set up their strategy to taunt me. It was like when Lester or excuse me, when Chelsea would never play Puyasic. Although maybe they just never played Puyasic, period. That's but, what we're learning now, but. Yes. And, and Obama Yang, same thing, right? I'm like, hey, finally I get to tune in, watch Obama Yang. And he only plays about 10 minutes at the end of the match. But yeah. he fired a shot up. That was nice. So I got to see him do his thing a little bit. But. Well, I, Lester, Lester fell away at the end of last season. Um I'm this, I shouldn't say they're falling away. They, they had a good run of form going into this match. Um, but with James Madison's injury, Harvey Barnes went out with an injury in this game. I think he's going to miss at least six weeks. They say, um, 
I feel like, I guess, I guess Vardy was out for a little bit of time earlier in the season. So they've been able to endure a little bit of injury woes, but yeah, I think those, the Harvey Barnes and James Madison, it'll be interesting to see if they can withstand that. So here's my question. Lester's in third Arsenal's in 10th Arsenal has been making a bit of a creep up the, up the table. How many positions in the table will separate those two teams at the end of the season? So there's seven positions separating them right now. How many, how many will separate them by season's end? Mm. Chris, what do you think? You go first. (laughs) Oh man. I don't know. I'm going to say two. All right. I'm, I, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say – so I think Arsenal is going to move up at least two, and I think Leicester is going to drop three. So I'm going – Boom. It's like, I'm going two like Kyle. Boom. Right? That's the math? Yep. I'm going to say five. I, I don't know if Arsenal – I don't know if Arsenal is actually going to pull, pull it off. And I, I just feel like this is going to be a different season for Leicester. I don't think they're going to finish maybe as high as second or third, but we'll see. That's, but I think, I don't know if Arsenal is going to pull up much higher than they, than they already are. So. Yeah. Oh, I, for, I forget that Villa has two games in hand. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll change it to three just because of those two games. All right. Three slots. That's where I'm going. Three slots. All right. Kyle, how does this, uh, how does after this week, how does this week's set of matches affect your final eight? Yeah. Well, we got some teams moving up. We got some teams moving down. So a couple of the teams whose arrow is pointed in the right direction, pointed up the list of the top eight would be starting with Arsenal. First of all, their kits were fire. I got to see them live um, and in person. And those things are sweet, man. They're they're the white shirts with Titus called it lightning. I like that marketing. I'm not sure it's lightning. It looks, I don't know what it is. It looks like a vein or something, but like they really, almost. what do you think it is? Like marble. It's almost like a marbled. Marble. Yeah, it's something. Um but, but they're really – I just think they're really nice looking. I, I love them. Um, they also took it to Leicester, wanting, winning 3-0. Um, so a good win for them. They're moving up. Also moving up, Wolves. Mm. Full kit wanker. You know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> feeling it. I know. As long as they keep riding the full kit wanker, I'm in. Nice. Also moving up, Everton. A solid win yesterday. Or just today. 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 Um, so they're moving up as well. Arrow moving down. Chris, I'm sorry to say this. Man, you moving down a little bit. Here's the deal. If I, you mentioned this earlier, we talked about this, but if I'm coming over to the dark side, right, I need some goals at least. It's like making a deal with the devil and then not getting anything out of it. <laughs> so I just need some goals if I'm, if I'm going to pick you, uh, which I'm open to, by the way. But need them to start scoring again. Crystal Palace. Uh, I mean, enough said. Your arrow automatically points down if you lose to Fulham. So get out of here, Crystal Palace. You better you better start doing something right, or your arrow is going to be way down. Well, Kyle, before maybe before you make some final decisions, United plays Crystal Palace this week in the middle. There we go, that. dude. So maybe watch it because here's. But Maybe that could be I, really bad for you because if they don't score any goals <laughs> against Crystal Palace, they could be the nail in Manchester United's coffin. That's fine. They get what they deserve. Um, but Manchester United has struggled with Crystal Palace over these last couple seasons. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Very. What was that term? What was the term Stu told us about? The bogey team. Uh, yeah. Bogey yeah. team. Nice. Well, I love, I love hearing teams going up and down. Um, we'll be making some cuts in a few, not anytime soon, but 
Kyle's going to be featuring some more teams coming up and we'll get to hear where he's going. Um, there weren't really, from my perspective, a ton of like remarkable goals or assists. I, the one that I saw, um, that stood out was son's son's assist to, to Gareth Bale. I mean, we haven't talked about the Tottenham match at all. They needed that win. They got a solid win. Um, looked completely different than they had, um, to Burnley over Burnley, nonetheless, like who is a stout defensive team, but son just with a nice through ball, Gareth Bale made a great play on it and he, yeah, he scored and Gareth Bale played really good. He looked really really good. good. Almost like why hasn't Jose been playing him? He looks so good. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if his if he can stay healthy and um, give give Tottenham a, a little extra firepower. And speaking of Gareth Bale, he's got that little like that top knot ponytail. It's like more than just like a it's it's not even a man bun. Um, have you guys seen this? It's like he wears it more on top of his head, so it's more like a top knot but it's so much hair that it's like hair coming out of the back thoughts on Gareth Bale's uh, top knot ponytail. I like it mostly because I'm jealous of it. <laughs> totally. I can get behind that. Kyle, have you seen it? I'm looking it up right now and I knew I would like it. I- I'm the same way as Chris. I- I'm I am jealous of guys who can rock a little man bun from time to time. So I'm all, I'm all about it. Kyle, you've got that good head of hair though. You could like, you could do it. You've got enough hair up there. You just have to commit to it. Kyle, Chris and I I are hoes. We have, we don't like, we don't have the option. You at least have the option. Yeah, I probably could, but I will say I admire the commitment because you get that weird in between stage where you don't have hair that looks good short, but you also don't have enough to do the man bun. And people are just kind of wondering what it is exactly you're trying to accomplish. So if you can get through that, you can do some pretty sweet stuff, but that's a hard, hard spot to get through. So kudos to Gareth Bale. For sure. It was kind of like the beard. Like Nate, I know your commitment is solid to your beard. Um, I finally hit a point where I was like, time to shade this thing and trim it on down so i could only imagine having hair was would be in the the same boat yeah well i i don't know i'm kind of torn on it i think i don't know i think it might it it might have more to do with gareth bale than it has to do with his actual his actual hair but for some reason I get like Jack Grealish vibes from him and I don't like Jack Grealish. No, you don't. So th- those guys, I don't know why, but they feel like a similar player to me. And I don't know. They're kind of villainous. It's their look. Maybe it's like a smugness about them. Either of you get that vibe from either of those guys. I mean, I can see it with Bale um, because he's kind of been that like, iconic sexy footballer for so long that like i mean how many years of your life do you need to go where people and women fawn all over you before you're like yeah i am pretty awesome yeah he's just very british is what i would say he's not even gareth bale he's not he's not british i mean he is i guess he is british but he's well, I think he's Welsh, which wow. is great, which is in Great Britain, but he's not English. So when, as we, okay. as we get through the technicalities of Great Britain, uh, I'm still learning the technicalities of Great Britain, <laughs> great, great Britain neophytes over here. <laughs> well, while we're talking about, we just really quickly, we've talked about kind of some, uh, some, villains of the premier League for us chris has his kyle walker chris has kyle walker i think 
I don't know if I'm throwing Gareth Bale in there with Jack Grealish, but Grealish is in there for me. But I learned this whole backstory. There's this guy, John Joe Shelby for Newcastle. And apparently he used to play for, I think, Swansea or someone else in the championship. And three or four years ago, he made some like racist comments about Roman Sice because Roman Sice is Moroccan. So he called him some horrible names like about him being Arab and all this different stuff. So, so John Joe Shelby and he's, he's bald, like real, like Aryan nation bald. (laughs) So, so even his look is a bit like, okay, I, I see you, John Joe. Yeah, that'll get you on the bill on this pretty pretty quickly. Pretty quick. Well, let's look at our lock it ins. Um, we have a new leader with a game in hand, Chris. Uh, City over West Ham. Chris moves to 15 and 11. Just with, ride that city train, baby. My loss. <laughs> this might have been my worst week of predictions ever. So I've been participating in the across the pond prediction league from a great fellow podcast across the pond. They do a prediction league every week, which I won humble brag last year. I tied for first over the course of a whole season. And I was, uh, I had a great month of February and I don't know if I got a point this weekend. (laughs) It was that (laughs) bad. And it all was culminated by my Burnley over Spurs pick, which I lost really bad. Kyle has also regressed to the mean. He picked uh, Wolves over Newcastle, which is a nice pick, but they drew. So Kyle's at 13 and 13. Chris is the leader. Um, who who do you have? Yeah, so uh, we are back to two matches this week because the Cups are on a little break right now. Um, I am in my win- midweek match. I'm taking Leicester over Burnley, which is a little scary uh Lester being injured like we talked about but Burnley played so poorly this weekend that I'm going with it dude they're gonna probably play a play like a back nine <laughs> nine across the back and just hope for the one point the nil nil draw written all over it yeah uh and then in my weekend match I'm taking uh West Ham over Leeds United I would say the I mean, there, there's some tougher matches this week, I would say, to predict. But um, those are some – those are some – Little little ballsy. Those are some ballsy, ballsy picks. I like it. Yeah, I want – you know, I'll be honest. I'm kind of bored of just picking City every week because I yeah. think they're going to run away with it. I needed it because I wanted to get out of the, the doghouse in the basement. Um, and so I'm jumping off the City train. It's not like I don't think they're going to win this week. Um, but it's time for me to uh, actually play the game a little bit and make some some tough calls. So I wanted to take United over Crystal Palace, but with how United has struggled with them, I'm staying away from that game. Kyle, who do you well, got? Chris, you are jumping off the city train just in time because oh, yes. they are going to lose to <laughs> Wolves. Full kit wanker is is alive and real folks wolves over city wow i love it also well, taking lester over brighton later in the week <clears throat> yeah your, your track record of picking wolves victory is not exactly <laughs> <laughs> but if i get a draw i don't care i'll take a draw sure, sure, sure. i'll take a draw <laughs> i actually if i, I could have picked if i could have predicted a draw in this that was actually going to be my prediction but I'm. I think the full kit wanker can eke out a win and overcome. Well, I am hedging my bets, and I'm taking City over Wolves. So there's at least a little bit of happiness uh, in my day tomorrow, either way. And I'm also taking Spurs over Crystal Palace. They looked completely different, um, and over the weekend, and I'm expecting that to continue. Um, and matches to watch, um, you've got the two, two of the hottest teams in the league in man city and wolves. So I think that's, that's a match to watch. So, uh, well, so man city is the double feature this week then because they are, 
they play the other hottest team in the league in Manchester United over the weekend. That's the right. This is, is on. This is a uh, this is a football neophytes Manchester City double feature this week. Yeah. Hey, let's both get wins. How about that? I would love that. Let's let's turn it around a little bit. Let's let's make a make a season out of this. Wolves. Here, and- think about this. If our teams pull off the double win this week, it's now a six point race, and the race is actually back on. Assuming that Manchester wins there uh, against Crystal Palace, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I said both our teams get the. Double oh, I see win. what you're saying. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. Uh, this is a big week, and big I'm week. Root- I'm obviously rooting for you guys. I'm rooting for everybody who plays City. <laughs> um, how many have they won in a row now? What's it up to? I think it's twenty. <laughs> twenty uh, in all competitions, and they haven't lost in twenty-seven or something. Do you? I, I mean, maybe you don't know, but I was reading an article um, that they're probably the odds-on favorite to take four cups. Oh yeah. Yeah. They can has that ever team. happened? Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it has, but it's gotta be pretty rare. Right. Yeah. And it happens in different leagues. Like I think Bayern got it last year. We don't count the Bungalisa league because <laughs> you've seen how good those okay. players are. When now that, happen. now that your mispronunciation has gone into two, two weeks, <laughs> gone in, I, 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 I just allowed it to happen last week, but it's <laughs> The the Bongo Lisa. It's the funniest thing when you you said it a couple times last week. I'm like, I'm just gonna let it let it slide. I appreciate but, that. Because uh, guess what? I'm calling the Bunga Lisa League as long as I want. Bundesliga, Bundesliga. Du host. It's the Bundesliga. <laughs> I am the great cornholio. I need Bunga Lisa for my bunghole. Bunga Lisa. <laughs> All right. I don't know who she is, but. I'm sure your wife wouldn't be happy to know who Bungalisa is. What is uh, it actually? The Bundesliga? Bundesliga. <laughs> You're just missing uh, the S. You move the S and the G around. I, I'm I'm actually not terrible if I'm reading it. Like totally. if, if, if the word's written out in front of me, I can yeah. like You know it. how to read is what you're saying. Like I know how to read. <laughs> it's it's accessing the vault after 39 years of headshots. That's the real problem. That is the real problem. Kyle, who are you focusing on this weekend or this yeah, week? Chris. Chris has mentioned it a couple times, but I am gonna check out me and you versus Crystal Palace. Another couple teams in my top eight. And looking forward to it yeah i really want to see these teams a co- another time um i don't think i've watched much of either of them since i previewed them and so this will be a really interesting match for me hey kyle i think you should make it a double feature and and watch the united city game this weekend uh you have my full permission to write off united if they lay an egg yeah no i will definitely watch that that's gonna be a great match i almost picked it as my match of the week but um went with went with man U crystal palace just because there's two teams in the top eight but i will definitely be tuning into that as well awesome yeah well gentlemen fortunately by the time we record next week tomorrow's match will probably be a distant memory in my mind how dare you? You guys are going to win. You know what the best part is? Well, maybe not the best part for my son, but Landon has to have <laughs> – oh, man. Try and guess how many cavities my eight-year-old son has. Oh, no. Four. Okay, close. Kyle, oh, you have a child. Yeah, we – well, I haven't taken my daughter to the dentist yet, so okay. <laughs> I'm just like, avoiding the inevitable. Um, let's go with five. How about ten, guys? My oh, son has my 10 cavities. So we are going to the dentist at 8 a.m. tomorrow. So he can be under, under so that they can fix his teeth. Um, I guess the way, like his teeth, the way that they cross with each other, they grind just naturally mm. from chewing and stuff. And so it's created cavities. Um, also, he doesn't brush his teeth very well. Yeah, so awesome. those factors lead to 10 cavities. Me going to the dentist with him all morning tomorrow, but I have the afternoon to myself to watch Wolves beat City. Mm. Well, Mila, right? Mila has a genetic condition where she doesn't have any enamel 
on her teeth. Mm. And so on Friday, she got 18 crowns put on. 18 crowns. You wow. win. <laughs> that is not inexpensive. Let me just say that. And they definitely had to put her under. Like yeah. Full on like two hour, two and a half hour procedure. 18 crowns. But now she has what she calls movie star teeth. She's three. <laughs> I don't know how she get got that, but I love it. Awesome. That's awesome. All right, gentlemen. Well, a lot of matches to watch starting tomorrow. Um, should be a fun one. Yeah, I'm excited. Good job, guys. Yep. See ya. Peace. Peace.